The Ottawa Senators have made a coaching change. Could the Buffalo Sabres be next? We'll have that and all the biggest stories from around the Eastern Conference coming up next on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Mike, good to have you here and uh, good to be uh, filling in today. Uh, how, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, you, you know, you're kind of batting uh, in rotation here, batting for uh, Ross Levitan, who typically joins us. Him and I do uh, our Eastern Conference shows. We call it the Battle of Ontario edition of the Locked On Network because he's our Locked On Sense guy. I'm the Locked On Leafs guy. And so we kind of have a little fun with that. And I think he's just scared to come on the show today, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he was busy. I think he just knew that, or he wasn't ready to talk about what's going on in Ottawa because. Those boys are in a dark place, Pillsy and them, over on Locked On Sends after what's gone down the last couple of weeks there. Yeah, well, you know, five straight losses, and uh, after you battle so hard to get back to 500, that'll do it for you. And look, it's been a disappointing season all the way around in Ottawa. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is a group that a, a lot of people expected to take the next step, right? Thought, okay, they've had a few years here where they've been growing, they've been getting better, they've been maturing as a group, and, you know, they finally went out, they got Chikrin to address the defense, they went out, they gave some big money to Jonas Corpusallo, thinking he can address the hole that we have in, in net. And then they're going to try and take that next step, the Stutzlas, the Josh Norrises, the, the Shane Pinto, and obviously led by Brady Kachuk and thinking this is the year we can finally make a push to the playoffs and it's been a complete disaster right from the get-go you get the situation with Shane Pinto who held out for a contract and then all of a sudden right before the year starts like actually not only is he going to not get a contract he's going to be suspended for the first 41 games of the season for a you know some gambling related situation that still is very weirdly murky and no one knows exactly what happened there but he'll come back at some point but there's that you know distraction they got brand new ownership and that was a distraction in itself thinking okay is the general manager safe is the coaching staff safe are they going to want to bring in their new people they decide to say no we're going to keep everyone and evaluate we were what maybe a month into the season out goes the GM Pierre Dorian. And right from there, uh, I think that the Sens were kind of on their toes. And then a couple of weeks ago, they hired Jacques Martin to be an advisor to the head coach. And two weeks later, they fire that head coach. And now Jacques Martin takes over in, uh, as uh, interim head coach. Uh, in the meantime, it's, it's really been just a complete gong show uh, out in uh, our nation's capital. 
Yeah, it has been. And, you know, to me, the surprising thing is they've struggled to score goals over the mm-hmm. course of the season. You know, I, I can understand Corpusalo maybe not working out. It was a it was a calculated risk to bring him in. And he hasn't been spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. But when you look up and down this roster with the Brady Kachuks and the Vladimir Tarasenkos and the Tim Stutzlas and the Josh Norrises, you would expect them to be a little bit higher up in the league in goals scored than where they're at right now. You would think. You would think. They've they've got a lot of a lot of talent and, and even like Dominic Kubalik, who was part of that mm-hmm. Debrinka trades, a multi time twenty goal scorer, and you're thinking, okay, this kid, you know, he could come in and maybe replace at least half of what Debrinkit left behind. Tarasenko should be able to replace the other half. He shouldn't be able to really miss out on that much offense, but that has not been the case, obviously. I think he's got like, what, three, maybe four goals so far this season. It's it's not going very well for him. So, uh, yeah, they got to start scoring some goals. But to me, it's it really is they, they've got to buy in as a team defensively. You know, I think there's too many guys who are looking to to cherry pick and just want to play offense over there. Um, I was listening to, to uh, Overdrive today up in TS up in Canada on TSN and Jeff O'Neill was talking about how, you know, Tim Stutzel, he's like this guy, you know, he, he doesn't want to go into the corners and do the tough stuff that's needed by centerman. You know, he's the dude who he envisions probably getting moved to the wing under a guy like Jacques Martin, unless he's willing to buy in and do that type of stuff. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this new coaching staff can, you know, get something out of this group. Uh, It didn't happen last night. They did not get the new coach bump. They got, it was su- they did for a period. They're up, they started out hot. They're up three nothing on on the Coyotes, and then all of a sudden you, you think, okay, this one's done. You go to bed, you wake up. They lost four three in regulation. Um, so they completely puked on themselves in the fourth in the third period. And uh, I I would imagine it was not a fun time in the Ottawa Senators dressing room after that game. Yeah, did, w- would be interesting to be a fly on the wall after that game was over when you blow that kind of a lead for a new coach, no less. The good news, I guess, is that you know Jacques Martin has experience doing this. It's not new to him. He's been a winner in this league before. So he's not going to panic. You get the feeling that he's going to take the time and do what is necessary to try to right this ship. And, you know, what you spoke about before, buying in and, and being willing to make those sacrifices, going into the corners, going to the dirty areas, play back checking, playing, you know, a whole 200 foot game. In almost, even the most talented teams in the league will not win consistently if they're not willing to make those sacrifices. And maybe one of the things that the front office and Martin have to figure out is who's going to be willing to do that and who's going to refuse to do that. And if they're going to refuse, we probably have to make some changes. Yeah, ship yep. those guys out of there. Um, but it does, you know, kind of make you think, like, what's next? You know, who's the next guy who could be on the, the chopping block? Because we've seen so many coaches get let go. We've seen five already um, this season. If you date back to Mike Babcock, who was let go before the season started. Yeah. Bit of a different situation. But statistically speaking, since the start of the league year, yeah, we've had five coaches let go. Um, mm. And it's not even Christmas yet. And I'm starting to think there might be a six that could be in the card soon. Uh, there's a, a coach out there that I'm looking at right now thinking he's hearing that that Michael Myers music because it's it's getting real hot and steamy out in Buffalo. 
Yeah, and and that's another team that everybody expected to possibly take that last step. You know, they came so close to the playoffs last year. Young team, uh, up-and-coming team, according to most experts. And right now, you know, not only are they four games under NHL 500, but their goal differential is the worst in the Eastern Conference right now at minus 20. Yeah, and that's, you know, when you can't get a save, um, it's tough to win games in the NHL. Just go ask any of the other four outside of Babcock uh, that question, and you'll say, yeah, couldn't get a save. Cost me my job. And, uh, well, there's some similar storylines happening in the Buffalo region. Why don't we take a quick break? We can come back. Maybe get into that a little bit more when we do our Atlantic weekly rundown. Take a peek at all eight Atlantic teams, then we'll see what's going on in your Metropolitan Division, Gill, where the Islanders having themselves quite the season. I'll be curious to get your thought on that. So we will uh, talk about those things in just a couple of minutes. But first, a word from our show sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Austin Matthews could score 50 goals. Your favorite team could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could be winning big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you got to do, is pick whether studs like Crosby or McDavid or McKinnon or Matthews or maybe even Bo Horvat, who's on a, what'd you say, 11-game point streak right now, Gil? 11 games. So take the over half a point on Bo Horvat because he's been cashing those a lot. And if you want to win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Use the code LOCKEDONNHL. Sleeper, uh, see Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, welcome back into the Locked on NHL podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Gil Martin, who's filling in for Ross Levitan today. And uh, just a reminder, uh, if you're done with the Locked on NHL show, be sure to check out all of the other Locked on NHL podcasts we have. Myself over at Locked on Leafs. You got Gil Martin at Locked on Islanders and all other uh, 30, all 32 teams around the NHL and a couple other specialty podcasts as well. Uh, so check those out um, once you're finished this podcast. But don't go anywhere yet because we've still got a bunch to talk, talk about, obviously. And let's begin in the Atlantic Division, Gil, where uh, my Toronto Maple Leafs are, uh, are in it. And they seem to be making a bit of a push here pretty, uh, you know, as we reach Christmas time. They're currently second in the division, the Boston Bruins leading the way. Uh, they've got 44 points through 30 games. The Leafs, though, 38 points through 29 games. Um, and it's really <laughs> one guy who's been doing some magical things of late, and that is one Austin Matthews, who is just – this guy's been on a tear, man. He's last seven games. He's got 11 goals. He's got five two-goal outings in his last seven games played. It's magical this season that he's having, up to 25 goals, a league-leading 
uh, 25 goals through just 28 games this year. Um, as an outsider, like I get to watch this guy on a daily basis. I cover him. I know him very well. I'm curious as an outsider, someone who, you know, lives up in the, up in the New York area. Like what's your, what's your opinion on what Austin Matthews is doing right now? Well, I just think, you know, here is a guy who is an outstanding talent. He's in his prime. And it's just, as a hockey fan, great to watch him do his thing. And, you know, when he, goaltenders, uh, goal scorers rather, tend to be streaky. And when he is on, he's as good as anybody in this league. So as a hockey fan, I'm just enjoying watching him do his thing. Yeah, he's been fantastic so far for, uh, for the Maple Leafs this year. Um, so we talked about the Ottawa Senators and how we think they're kind of in trouble. They're down at the bottom, the basement of the Atlantic Division, just 22 points through 27 games. Lost their fifth in a row last night to the Arizona Coyotes in game one of, uh, of I guess, many. We'll see how many <laughs> of Jacques Martin. And we were just talking about the Buffalo Sabres briefly and, and chatting about how we think, you know, this is a squad that is is just like Ottawa ex- was expected to make a leap. Haven't quite done that yet. Maybe the coach is on the hot seat. Do you think that this is a, a, a team and a group where you look at them and, and think, man, how, how is this possibly happening? It looked to me at the beginning of the year, they finally had the right mix of guys. Uh, they've got some veterans in that team too and some guys who can score. And again, you look at it though, the goaltending. The goaltending yep. is the problem. And, and they kind of took a gamble. Uh, in the goaltending department, hoping that, you know, their young goaltender would be ready for prime time. And so far, the results are, you know, mixed at best, I would have to say. And, you know, look, goaltending, you're not going to win consistently in the NHL if you don't get consistent goaltending. And you need your goalie to steal some games for you when your team is kind of not at their best. And right now the Sabres just aren't getting very much, if any of that, from either of their goaltenders. There's also an interesting parallel between these two teams. I don't get your thoughts on it. It looks like these are these two clubs kind of, I don't want to say they set the precedent here, but um, they decided to lock up their core and lock them up all long-term on top dollar deals and pay them before they have any amount of success. I mean, do you read into that at all that like these guys now they've earned their money or well, you, you can use the term earned very loosely. They got their money. Right. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, if you're the team owner, you're the, the GM, they're not, you know, they, they're, they're giving, they're taking the money, but they're not giving you their efforts back. Like, I don't know if you read into that at all, but I thought that it was, I don't know, something between these two, a little bit of uh of uh, a linkage there between these two clubs. Look, as someone who is, you know, following the Islanders religiously and the Islanders and Lula Morello also tend to lock people up with these, you know, max seven year kind of deals. It does theoretically, I mean, it's human nature to have, if you're not, if you're, if you don't need to urgently get the job done and put up good numbers and, to, to make that contract money, you know, that there is less incentive. So I think there may be some truth to it. And, you know, usually as, as a team, you want to have a certain amount of balance. You want to have some guys who are hungry and need to play well to get that contract. You want to have those established veterans who earned the money and you can trust. 
And then you want to have some of those older players who are on the downside who need to keep playing well because, you know, as soon as if you're 35 or 36 and you have an off season, the team may very well move on from you. So unfortunately with Buffalo, we don't see that balance. And I think that's one of the reasons it's probably hurting them right now. Uh, What's a bigger surprise for you at this point, Gil? The fact that the Montreal Canadiens are actually in a playoff race right now. They're just two points back at the Detroit Red Wings or that the Tampa Bay Lightning are outside of a playoff spot as we speak. You know, I, I think it is more of a surprise for me about Montreal only because we knew Tampa Bay, you know, they they were not going to have their goalie to start the season. We know that they've played so many extra series in, in, in the playoffs over the last three, four years. Uh, and they're getting a little bit long in the tooth, relatively speaking. So, you know, Tampa Bay, they've sort of exceeded expectations in some ways this year, uh, given the circumstances. But Montreal, I don't think very many people expected the Habs to be contending for, uh, you know, in the playoff race at this point. And even though their goal differential isn't pretty, they are a, a scrappy team. And yep. they're getting it done a lot on the road, 7-4-2 and two away from Montreal. Very impressive. Yeah, I think Marty St. Louis deserves a lot of credit for what he's been able to get out of this uh, young bunch out in Montreal. I want to take you all the way to the tippy top of the division before we transition into what's going on in the Metro. Uh, the Boston Bruins, I mean, the season they had last year was incredible, magical, the best regular season of all time statistically. And then they were really shot out of a cannon to start the season here uh, this year. But they have seemed to finally hit themselves a little bit of a speed bump. They're just 500 uh, over their last 10 games. Are the Bruins kind of coming back down to life here? And ultimately, you know, when you look at them, do you think they should be considered the class of the East? Or uh, do you think they're, you know, maybe starting to show their true colors now? I think, you know, before the season, they nobody expected them to match last year. Last year, as you no. said, record-setting. Uh, and, you know, they're also getting a little older, had some players leave over the offseason. So nobody expected them to match that. But I still expected them to be one of the top two or three teams in the division, possibly win the division. And it's a very competitive division. Yeah. But uh, to me, I still thought Boston would be one of the class of the Atlantic and yeah, they're coming back to earth, but I think they're kind of right where I expected them to be overall, given the circumstances. So I thought they'd be very good, but not as perfect almost as they were a year ago. Yeah, I I, 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 I actually didn't think they were going to have that great of a season. I, I didn't think in a million years that they'd win this division. Maybe that's just my hometown bias and thinking Toronto had a great opportunity to do things and that, you know, Florida coming off there you know, run to the cup. I thought they would have a chance to kind of repeat and have a decent season. And then the, you know, the Ottawa's, the Buffalo's like that. It was just, the division was supposed to get harder. And then they lose Patrice Bergeron. They lose Krejci. They had a couple injuries to start the year as well. And you're thinking, I don't know, are you going to get the same level of goaltending? Like that was all world goaltending from both Allmark 
and from Swayman last year. You're thinking like, even that's going to have to come down to earth a little bit. But it hasn't that much, like a little here, but really they've had guys step up uh, in a big way. DeBrusque is back. You know, he's back to being, you know, a 25 to 30 goal scorer for him. Got Marshawn still, you know, crushing it. And really it's it's the decor back there that is still steady Eddie and, and just as good as they were last year. And look, when you got a strong decor, it, it can really prop up your goaltending and it can allow you to win games 3-2 so you don't have to have – you know, a bunch of guys who can score goals and, and, and you know, win those 6-4 hockey games. They can win a game 3-2 and feel perfectly comfortable doing so. 2-1 in overtime, like they've done a couple of times. So I think that, uh, yeah, I, I I do expect them to be a playoff team, but I don't know if that division's quite locked up. But again, oh. maybe it's a little biasism here, but they're only up, they're up six points. The Toronto does have a game in hand on them and there's a game still to be played between those two or a couple games throughout the 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 season here i think toronto still has sights on that division title no way they're oh, yeah. playing they, they could they could make a run here uh post christmas with a decently easy schedule too actually uh coming out of the christmas break uh all right let's take one more quick break we'll come back we'll chat about the Metro Division. How does Gil feel about his New York Islanders and uh, the brethren, the New York Rangers as well? That whole tri-state area really is doing some interesting things this season. There's been a lot of storylines to get to, so we'll do that on the other side. But before we get into all that, why don't I tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and it's our good friends over at FanDuel. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On NHL podcast. It's Mike DiStefano alongside Gil Martin, who's filling in today for Ross Levitan on your Wednesday weekly Eastern Conference Locked On NHL show. Um, we went through what happened in Ottawa. We talked about whether or not there's going to be a coaching change in Buffalo. We roll through the Atlantic Division, and now we get to what's happening in the Metro. And, you know, it's it's not often that we get to speak, Gil, so I might as well take this time to ask you how you feel about how the New York Islanders are doing this year. They seem to be winning a lot of games right now. They've won uh, their 7-1-2 in their last 10 uh, and find themselves in a pretty good spot, third place in the Metro. Yeah, and, you know, to me, if you would have told me uh, before the season started that Adam Pellick and Ryan Polak would both be out of the lineup simultaneously and Pellick on LTIR and the Islanders would still be competitive, I, I would have been very shocked. So, yeah. Who's uh, stepping up? Be- Who's stepping up in their absence? You know, the amazing thing is Lou Lamorello made a, a couple of really good moves, and he, he ended up signing Mike Riley off of waivers, added Robert Bortuzzo in a trade for a seventh-round pick. And these are experienced guys who, you know, are not stars or e- even, you know, top four players under normal circumstances, but they've really filled in well. And, you know, Riley has added a little bit more of a transition game 
so that the Islanders don't get stuck in their own zone as long as they used to. And, you know, Bortuzzo adds size and physicality. And I think both of them have been good additions to this Islanders team. And that's one of the reasons we see them winning the way they are. And Bo Horvat's. Oh, yeah, a lot of Bo Horvat. Career-high 11-game point-scoring streak, and that'll be on the line tonight uh, when the Islanders take on the Capitals. Yeah, hopefully. I saw uh, FanDuel, actually, speaking of our good friends. They have uh, have one of those boosts, and they called it the Castaway Boost. So it's Tom Wilson to record, I think it was maybe two-plus shots or something, on the island, in Long Island. I thought it was pretty punny. The castaway, yeah, the castaway boost. I liked it. Um, elsewhere in the division, I guess we'll keep it quite close to uh, to New York because I just happened to see the Rangers. They rolled through Toronto yesterday. They beat the Maple Leafs five two. They're at the top of the Metro, at the top of the Eastern Conference. They've won seven of the last three games. They've won three in a row here. Uh, this team is is a machine right now. What are your thoughts on on how the uh, the brothers over across? Uh, across the way are doing over in uh, the Big Apple. Yeah, I mean, I expected them to do well, but I didn't expect them to be this good. And I think, you know, Igor Shosturkin struggled a little bit early, and boy, Jonathan Quick stepped in and played exceptionally well. I mean, a 209 goals against and a 926 save percentage, you would have thought he went into the DeLorean and we're back in 2014. (laughs) So uh, Quick looking really, really good. And then the other thing, The power play is the best in the NHL right now. The penalty kill is fifth. You're doing that on special teams. That is a a huge uh, reason for this team's success at this point. Yeah, I like what they're doing, man. Like there's, you know, when Ross and I, we're both fans of the Rangers. This is a Rangers uh, fan pod, I I would say. We both like what they're they're doing, which – and might break your heart to hear Gil. Obviously, you've got an allegiance to the Islanders with yourself over on uh, Locked On Islanders. But God, you, you can't not love the product that that team is is putting out there, and, and what Peter Laviolette has that team completely bought in. Uh, they've been fantastic so far this season. I am curious to get your thoughts on on two other teams, though, and and they're two teams that are surprising me a lot, but in opposite ways. You've got the Philadelphia Flyers who are second in the division right now, a 629 points percentage. They've won a few in a row here. They've won seven of the last 10 as well. And they just keep kind of rolling, which I thought they would come back down to earth, but we're 31 games into the year and they continue to do so. And on the flip side, the New Jersey Devils who've been not so great this year, Gil, they're sixth in the division, just 34 points find themselves on the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, both of those are surprising. And, you know, those two teams played uh, just last night, and it was a, a, a win for the Philadelphia Flyers. But, you know, the, the Flyers, everyone thought they were rebuilding and that they, they were at least a year thought. or two away. They, didn't Danny Breer, didn't Danny Breer come out and say we're rebuilding? I mean, yes. they said we yes. are. We didn't but, think they, they are. I, I think they're surprising themselves, really. Yeah, but, sure. uh, you know, I, I guess part of it is, uh, you know, you, you doubt a Tortorella coach team at your own discretion, uh, especially in the first couple of years that he's with the team. And then Carter Hart staying healthy, Samuel Urson playing 
very solid hockey uh, as the 1B option in goal. And I, I just think, you know, they're getting solid defense. Tortorella has them bought into playing team defense, and that's something due to injuries and a, a lack of buying in in the past and maybe even a lack of talent in recent years past. They weren't able to play good team defense in the last few years. Yeah, we'll continue with the this or that type of game here when I give you these two options. Which is more concerning? Alex Ovechkin not being able to score goals this year with him looking to set an all-time record at some point in the future or the fact that the Pittsburgh Penguins went and spent a boatload of money to make sure that they were going to be competitive and keep that window open and find themselves pretty firmly outside of a playoff spot 30 games in. You know, the Penguin situation, they spent a boatload of money, but did they spend it wisely? And that's, I think, the no. question. Re- re-upping with Tristan Jarry and going with him as your top goaltender was a bit of a gamble. It doesn't look to have paid off. And then, look, I, I love Eric Carlson. I love watching him play. But when you already had Chris Letang, that shouldn't have been your top priority. It was great headlines. It made a lot of noise. It does add a very talented player. But did it fill the need that that team had? It probably wasn't on their top two or three need list. And to spend that kind of money on it, it can come back to bite you because spending money wisely and efficiently in a cap league is vital. And what's wild to me is that that team went legitimately a calendar month without scoring a goal in the power play with that much firepower, with Crosby, with Malkin, with Russ, with Gensel, with Latang, with Eric Carlson, who made yeah. an entire career on scoring on the power play. And the entire month, uh, you know, stretching between, you know, early November and early December, no power play goals, zero power play success. And it's a big reason why they're in the crapper right now. What kind of odds do you think FanDuel would have given you on that bet a month ago? Oh, if you were if you were betting unders on uh, power play points for those guys, you probably could put your kids through college in America. And Gil, that's an expensive thing to do, isn't it? It most certainly is, and I can speak to that. <laughs> I, that's why I say, you know, in Canada it's somewhat subsidized, but I know in the states, those are some expensive, expensive uh, school bills. Out there. All right, we'll wrap things up with uh, a quick comment on the Columbus Blue Jackets, who prior to last night and, and actually last week too, they they you know had a pretty good outing against the Maple Leafs as well. Um, you know, you probably didn't have a lot of nice things to say, but now after watching them lay an absolute beatdown nine four last night, they beat the Buffalo Sabers. Krill Marchenko had a hat trick and. One of the most beautiful between the legs roof daddy goals that I've seen in a long time. Uh, you know, it looks like Goudreau's finally playing, you know, good hockey again, getting back to what he's supposed to be. You know, Fantilli's factoring in offensively. Um, you know, this Columbus squad, I, I don't think that they're a playoff team, but I, I think that they are starting to finally put some things together after a bit of a tough year and a maybe a, a challenging transition from Babcock to uh to Vincent here on the bench yeah it took a little time and and look when you are a team that is trying to come back from all the injuries they had and they're still a young team 
having that happen before the season even starts, the coaching upheaval, that doesn't help matters. Uh, injuries always seem to find their way into hurting this team, but they are finding themselves right now. And if they can be competitive the rest of the way and start figuring out who's a part of their future and who they need to move on from, I, I think they can speed up their rebuilding program. And Fantilli, I really like what I've seen from him. It's a good player. He is a really, really, really good player. Uh, all right, Gil, I think we'll we'll wrap things up. That'll do it for us here today on the Eastern uh, Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Again, Gil Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Go check out his show, Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter as well, or X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, Ice Wars, uh, NYR versus NYI. You can find myself, Mike DiStefano, on X as well, at Mickey underscore Canuck. Uh, Gil, you can catch him once again, obviously. Uh, are you on Monday, Friday? Are you on Friday too or Monday? Uh, Monday and then Friday I, I co-host with Rachel Donner. Yeah, so you're on again on Friday as well with uh, with Rachel. So definitely check back in on Friday. Tomorrow we got the Power Rankings edition of the Locked On NHL show. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube, so that you know exactly when these new shows are dropping. But that'll do it for Gil. I'm Mike. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.